You're listening to the Goal Line Stand Podcast with Jackson Caudell and Kobe Reed, where we break down all things college football, including breaking news, recruiting, gameplay, and more. Let's get straight to it. Welcome back to another episode of the Goal Line Stand. Um, this is Jackson Caldell. That is Kobe Reed. Um, man, this was a was a crazy week ten. I, I know that uh, it was it was a rough one for some of us. At least half this podcast, it was it was a rough one. But we're here to recap all the action, give some some big picture talk, talk the rankings tomorrow. I know how you're feeling, Kobe. But do you want to tell everybody how you're feeling? Ah. <laughs> uh. Everybody should know how I'm feeling. Fire Bill O'Brien into the sun, baby. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I'll i respect LSU. Uh, clearly, we got we got some things to touch on about Bama and where the program is headed. Look, headed uh, looking towards the future. But other than that, I mean, we had some other big games happen. We had some big upsets happen. So all the way around, I know I'm not alone in my grief. Uh, there's some other teams out there that lost games they shouldn't have. So it's going to be very interesting for the playoff committee moving forward. I'm interested to get into it. Yeah. Um, we'll get into that. And I guess that that's probably a good starting point. We're going to get into Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech in just a little bit. But I guess I did want to start off with Bama LSU because obviously this is a half Bama podcast. And that was one of the bigger games of the weekend. So, I mean, my, my takeaway was just how – like is still how undisciplined and just – and I, I texted Kobe during the game, like, they just look soft. Like, yeah. for as talented as they are, and it's just crazy watching – like, Georgia – and we'll talk about that game just a little bit. Georgia looks how Alabama used to look. Like, they, they're just physically dominant and just – it didn't matter who they played, how good the team was. I just haven't felt that the past couple of years with Alabama. Um, and even there was moments on that great 2020 team, like – you know, the, the defense still – the defense hasn't been Alabama-level defense to me in, in, in quite a while. And – but they're out of the playoff picture. I think that's obvious to say at this point. Like, yeah. technically, I don't think they're out of the SEC West picture. I think LSU has to lose to both Arkansas and A&M, though, if I'm mistake, not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and then they – Alabama always has to take care of business against Ole Miss and Auburn. Um, and that, that that's going to be a challenge this weekend, like getting up off the mat and playing. Now, that's something you don't really have to hear with Alabama, but it's it's true. I, I'm with you with the Bill O'Brien stuff. I, I just – Bama's offense isn't bad, but when they play good teams in big moments, it's Bryce Young roll, running around and then just doing stuff. Like that touchdown he had, was it to Jacory? I don't know enough. Jacory Brooks, yeah. Jacory Brooks, yeah. That was just an insane play by the best quarterback in college football. Yeah. And a guy who I would probably take is the top quarterback in the draft. Now he's proven that much to me a year after he won the Heisman. It's yeah. that's just how it is in big games when Alabama can't line up and just dominate with talent like they can against most of their schedule. You saw it against Texas. Like their offense just yeah. is just so plain. They can't they can't run the ball all that well in, in big games. Like they they didn't run it that well on uh, Saturday. I mean Jameer Gibbs was he was fine, but he mostly did his work receiving. Um, you know, the I, I don't know that the last time I saw Alabama take a timeout in overtime or in a situation like that, almost have a guy still as as 12 men in the huddle and then just look ill prepared for that play. Like yeah. they had a timeout to prepare for that, and they're still running around just looking undisciplined. They average like eight penalties a game. 
I, I don't know. Like it, it just um, – I don't want to get too crazy with it, but like they're obviously out of the playoff race this year. And like I, I don't know. Like I, there, there's going to have to be some some stuff done at, at Alabama this offseason. I, I think there's going to be some shaking yeah. one way or the other. But I'll let you have the floor. Yeah. I mean, Saban is cleaning house after this season. And I think everybody knows it. Uh, for all the the dynasty is over people, all the Saban's losing his touch, all the – just two years ago, Saban won a championship with undefeated in the SEC-only schedule and had one of the greatest college football teams of all time. He didn't just wake up and forget to coach. That's that's not how that works. He, he knows what he's doing, and he made it very adamant in the press conferences. Like, it's on us. It's not on the players. He tried to deviate as much – fault and responsibility away from the players as much as he could because I honestly I agree I, I think we've said I've said this before on the pod we got the guys I mean we got some good freaking guys I think I've believed that all season uh I think we got the guys at receiver if I'm being honest with you I think we got clearly one of the greatest running backs we've ever had in Alabama's history we got the greatest quarterback we've ever had in Alabama's history we got guys on the defense so we got one of the greatest edge rushers we've ever had in Alabama. Like we got personnel guys all over the place that there's no way anybody should beat us. But when you have a guy like Bill O'Brien that comes from the NFL, try when you think an NFL NFL style offense is going to work in college, it won't. I mean, look at the greatest offense coordinators we had, and even just some of the, not even the best offense coordinators we had, but we've had creativity in those offenses. Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, you saw the creativity. You saw the RPOs action. You saw the double move, the corner post. You saw all that fun, electrifying stuff that really, that really just promoted the guys that you see playing on Sundays now, the Jalen Waddles, the Jerry Judys, the Devontae Smiths of the world. Like, you see that. Like, even whenever Lane Kiffin had freaking Jake Coker at quarterback, you still had a free young freshman in Calvin Ridley torching people. Like, you saw that. Well, even with Derrick Henry at running back, you still saw the creativity. We don't have that with Bill O'Brien. We haven't had it all season. It, it sucks. And people talking about the Alabama receivers can't get open. Dude, I literally watched a play. I think it might have been a third down play. Bill O'Brien called a play that I recognize from Madden. It's basically it's a doubles formation where you have two when you have your two slot guys just run out routes and you have your outside guys running goes. That's it, and nobody can get open off of that. Like, what do you do? Like, that's one of my favorite plays. Slot outs. You need yeah. to have on the angle. Yeah, man. That was yeah, awesome. that's all you Bill had. Awesome too. Like, oh my gosh, like. And if this team didn't have Bryce Young, I don't know where they'd be. They'd probably have four losses this year. I, I firmly We were talking that. before the show about, like, the we were doing some, like, Heisman talk, and I was making that point about Drake May. You can say the same with Alabama. Like, yeah. they lose the Texas game if they don't have Bryce Young. Yeah, they lose against A&M without Bryce Young. Like, and I, I hate to say this, and I even hate to bring this up, but I feel like as a Bama fan I have to, and there will be a lot of Bama fans that relate, we have wasted this young man's career. I truly believe that. Like, uh, of course, the end goal is to win a national championship. I'm glad he got a Heisman out of it because if we're looking at it, his career at Alabama is no different than Tua's outside of the injuries. It's no different. Tua should have won the Heisman. I firmly believe that over Kyler Murray, but he didn't. Um, 
But yeah, both of these guys didn't win a national championship as a star as a starter. I hate that. I hate it for them. But that what makes this so much worse is BY had all the he had all the components. He didn't have the injuries to a to a head. He just didn't have the coaching. This is the worst coaching staff Saban has had in his tenure. He's got to clean house, and that's the bottom line. He it will happen. Um, I saw college football nerds on Twitter tweeted something, and I think there's a lot of truth behind it. the The only good takeaway we can take from this season is this team walked so future teams at Alabama could run. Like I think that's how it had to be because the talent's there. The talent we're bringing in is great, even if we lose guys because of this. Like there's still five five stars committed right now. Have one of the best four star pools we've ever brought in. Got court, the quarterback room is about to be loaded for the next four years. I mean, even if we lose some guys, there's still a lot of talent coming in. Saban is still going to be there. The dynasty is not dead. You just got clean house. It happens. I mean, it happens. As far as LSU, all respect to him. Jaden Daniels did exactly what I thought Jaden Daniels would have had to do to win. He carried the team on his back. Now, we'll get into it a couple weeks after this. What chaos could LSU create if they did happen to beat Georgia, if they make it to the SC Championship, but we'll get to that at a later time. But all respect to LSU. I hate Brian Kelly with a passion. All respect to him. But that's just – it is what it is, you know. Uh, we've been trending towards this all season. And finally, it came back and bit Alabama in the butt. Yeah, and I guess let, let's just touch on LSU because I mean they were the team that won the dang game. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but uh, man, what an effort from them on, on yeah. Saturday just just to keep battling back because there was a little bit when the offense couldn't get going. Jaden Daniels, the overtime run was fantastic. I thought I thought the play calling was was pretty solid, and they they can they they have uh, a very underrated other, defensive line. Oh, I don't I, think their defensive I line haven't gets credit. That defensive line. I, no, no, no. I but the end of the year. we don't we don't talk about their D line the same way we talk about Georgia or even Clemson. We don't hear about it enough. Their D line is like that. Yeah, like somebody else. It's crazy. I, I I remember, and I won't gloat about it because I, I did pick Bama to win this game. I I said in the preseason, and Bama was my pick to win the national championship. If there was a game I picked on Alabama's schedule where they could struggle. I picked LSU because of the yep, location and the 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 elite the timing had it, it receiver and defensive line because those are two of the most important every position is important. Yep. But if you have great talent at receiver and deep and, and edge rusher, you can really get there. And, and they're missing one of the best defensive linemen in Mason Smith, who got injured in the Florida State game. Yep. So they control their own destiny for the SEC West. I, I, I don't think they could beat Georgia right now. I'm not saying it's impossible. I wouldn't pick them to do it, but if they did it, man, pull the plug on the grenades, toss it in, and then just get out yeah. of the way. I don't know what happens at that point. And because there's still there's so many other variables we have to have. And we'll discuss yeah. this in just a second. But also one more thing. Harold Perkins is going to be the scariest player in the country for the next two years. I promise you that. He, he's three years out. He he will be a first round pick. He will not be yeah. there past three years. Straight to the first round. That's yeah. why he's like Perkins. that. Yep. Um. So there was a game with a team in the state of Georgia that everybody had their eyes on, and it was great. Um, Georgia Tech beat Virginia Tech on Saturday. 
And it was a come from behind victory. Twenty seven that you know that they were down to the Hokies twenty seven sixteen. It was the first career start for true freshman Zach Pyron. And man, like he's not perfect. He's a true freshman, but he showed a lot of guts in that win. The two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And Virginia Tech's a bad football team. Their defense is pretty good. They're they they actually they have a, a nicely ranked defense. Their offense is putrid. But um this was a game, you know, I was they were Georgia Tech was shooting themselves in the foot just repeatedly. They had more special teams disasters. They gave up a punt return for a touchdown. Um, they had Pyron got a ball tipped and had a pick six off of it. Other than that, Georgia Tech's defense played pretty well. I mean, it was a it was a good bounce back after giving up 640 yards to Florida State. Um, forced four turnovers, got five sacks, got the and including the game winning uh, forced fumble by Charlie Thomas, who's just I mean he had 16 tackles on Saturday. I mean, he he was he was a beast. Therefore, Tech's four and five now. You know the the bowl window is very small, but it's there because they're they're favored against Miami. We'll we'll get to As them. They should be. Yeah, Miami is not in a good place right now. They're not not only are they not playing well, they're beat up. I mean, Miami's injured bad right now. Yeah, uh, the games at Bobby Dodd. If they can win that, they're. They they have a shot if they can play North Carolina. North Carolina's played down the competition this year. A lot of it has to do with their defense, but we'll get into that game in a couple of weeks anyway. So, but I mean overall, just it is a good team win. And uh, people may scoff at beating a two and six Virginia Tech team on the road, but for, for Georgia Tech to do this and come back, I, I do think they showed a lot of guts, even though it wasn't a perfect performance. And hey, if there's anybody out there holding a, a Georgia Tech over three and a half wins ticket, cash money, you got it Saturday. If there's anybody that had that on out there, you got it on Saturday. Like I said, they got Miami this upcoming week. It'll be interesting to see if Sims is healthy, if he plays, because you have to remember, you know, Pyron can play in four games. Um, he can't – if they want to keep the red shirt, maybe they say no and let him play in every game. They've got Miami, North Carolina, and Georgia left. Um, or maybe if Sims is healthy, they just roll with him. But I think for a true freshman, he's played well the past two weeks, and, and he, he's a bright spot looking forward for whoever the next head coach is. You got any thoughts on this game? I'm, I don't know if you got any eyes on it at all. all right. it, it definitely makes me feel better, Georgia Tech going into North Carolina, because outside of USC, I don't think there's been a defense we have slandered more no. than anybody than North Carolina. And that is – that's good momentum, if you, especially if you have a young quarterback that's going to need all, all the help he can get. That's exactly what you need is a poor defense. Now, the thing is with that is Drake May is that dude. So uh, how Georgia Tech's defense would fare against him would be interesting. But coming off of a win like this, you showed guts. You showed you had a comeback. I told I told you before the game started in our last episode that I really wanted to see what Georgia Tech had. I wanted to see their I wanted to see their willpower, man. I wanted to see if they could gather together, rally the troops and get a win and that's exactly what they did. So that makes me feel good. I mean, like you said, the bowl the bowl season window is closing on them. They gotta make something happen. I think they can get a win against Miami and I think they can possibly beat North Carolina. It would take a lot of things going the right way, but we'll see after Miami. Yep. Let's get to that other team in the state of Georgia. Um, man, what a butt whooping that was. I did not see this coming. I now I picked Georgia to win. Don't get me wrong, I picked Georgia to win, but I, I would have picked Tennessee against the spread. 
this just felt like an offense that I thought was going to get theirs no matter what. I thought they were at that. I didn't. I, I didn't like some of the talk of comparing them to 2019 LSU or anything like. That. I thought that was getting a yeah. little bit uh, far out. But I, I just I thought it was maybe the best, probably the best offense in the country that could score on anybody. And who? Yeah. And they didn't. I don't think they scored a touchdown till late in the game, wasn't it? And um, yeah. Hendon Hooker had just the worst possible performance. Tennessee's offensive line giving up six sacks. At the end yeah. of the day, like it was just a uh, Georgia whooped them on the line of scrimmage. That was the difference to me when I watched it. it it's I'll say this: I I still think Tennessee will finish eleven and one because the game plan Georgia had against Tennessee was a ton of man coverage and just saying, "All right, we're not gonna you're not gonna run around full around in, in the zone like they did against Alabama, and we're gonna have guys in wrong places. You're just gonna have to beat our corners." Nobody has corners like Georgia does. It's just Georgia's secondary. I think is the best in the country. I think they proved it Saturday. Jalen Hyatt was uh, missing, put his face on a milk carton. He was nowhere to be seen. <laughs> and Cedric Tillman, like he was, I know, banged up a little bit. He kept getting his ankle banged up in that game. Uh, Tennessee's passing defense is just not good. Like we, we've, yeah. we've said that's their fatal flaw. Uh, Georgia reasserted their dominance as the unquestioned number one team in the country after this weekend, I think. And uh, yeah. that I said it on our, our preview show. I, th- I think they got a playoff ticket punched at this point. The winner of this game is going to have a playoff ticket punched, provided they don't get super weird and lose to either Mississippi State, Kentucky, or Georgia Tech, and then also lose to LSU in the SEC title. If they get to the SEC title game 12 and 0, Georgia will be in the playoff. Now, the question is Georgia still wants to win that SEC title game because being number one is important like in, in the playoff. You are facing a lesser team, whether it may be a TCU or a, a Pac-12 team. But um, Yeah, if you're Georgia, you do not want to play Ohio State in the first round. Yeah, you, you and I would pick them to beat Ohio State right now. Yes. But again, Ohio State, TCU, eh, I love TCU, but, like, you know, come on. So – and it could be a matchup with Michigan, which we saw that went last year. But, you know, it's a different team, different game. So – I mean, it's Georgia to me, especially after watching Bama falter. I don't even know if this is a hot take anymore. They're the premier program in college football right now. They, they've they've taken that mantle. I, I think they have. They, I wasn't ready to say it after just one national title, but just the way this season has gone and in the two biggest. I know Georgia's kind of played with their food a little bit in like the Kent State Missouri games. Man, the two they they played two top ten teams this year and absolutely squeezed the life out of them. I mean, just absolutely flatten them. In the, in Alabama's big games this year, I mean, we we've seen what what's happened there, and even in some games that were not really considered big games, they they played it close to the best. So, I think that's my biggest picture takeaway: is that Georgia is the team to beat unquestionably, and they are the premier program in college football. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far to say that they're the premier program because I no matter. What is said about this Alabama team, they're not good, and I think it's because of the coaching staff. But also, if you swapped Georgia and Alabama's schedules, I feel like we'd be looking at this very differently at this point in the season. I don't know. I, hey, give Georgia give Georgia the, this road schedule. I'm not saying that they just come out unscathed, but also I'm not saying that, you know. And then give it just- – and then the Alabama way they dominated the I don't know that it would have mattered if it was in Knoxville. I mean, that was an ass kicking. But that's the thing. Bama lost by three points on the road. I mean, if that game's at home, we could be having a different conversation. But anyway, I mean, that's besides the point. Georgia is the number one team in the country as of right now. That that there's no debate. I mean, 
And what's crazy to me is they were able to expose Tennessee in the passing game, and Brock Bowers didn't even have a notable game. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure he had like three catches. The last um, game. That's a, that, that's what I'm saying. Georgia's defense, they did exactly what I think no other defense in the country could have done against Tennessee, and that's just play physical. Just outman them. Just simply, we're going to line up across from you and whoop your tail every play of the game. That's exactly Jaylen what happened. Jalen said it next the game. He said they're, they're ten times more. I don't think that's exactly – he said they're yeah, more yeah, physical. Yeah, he said they're more physical than Alabama, and I totally agree. I mean, that's just – and that's just the testament to Kirby Smart. I mean, we, we went back – like looking back at what you said, we haven't seen an Alabama team or Alabama defense be this soft in God knows how long. The best defenses we ever had were with Kirby Smart. I mean, and that's just a testament to what he's carried over to Georgia. I mean, even when their offense has looked lackluster in the last five years, you could always rely on that defense to be something. That's exactly what happened here. I mean, they're just good. I mean, you line them up against anybody in the country, I like their odds at this point. Um, I can't go as far as to say I like them to repeat because winning a national championship is hard in this sport. Winning two in a row is even harder. I mean, it is hard to do. Everything has to go right. Um, and like you said, they got to get that number one seed because if they mess around and they're a two seed or a three seed, like I said, you don't want to play Ohio State in the first round. You just don't want that to happen. So, but as far as Tennessee, I'm willing to take him. They got a shot, but everything has to go the right way. And you have to bank on a TCU losing and you have to bank on a Pac-12 team having more than one loss. I mean, if it's a one-loss Pac-12 champion, I think they get in. Um, TCU, Ohio State, or Michigan, you got to bank on one of them just absolutely messing up their season. So it'll be a long road, but is there a chance? Yes, but all the dominoes have to fall in the right way. I don't think it's a terribly long shot because, again, like we said, okay, even if, if LSU wins out and gets to Georgia, even if they lose, they're staying in the top ten. If Bama wins out, they're staying in the top ten. That's two top ten wins that nobody else is – I mean, Georgia will have it because they'd have beaten Oregon and Tennessee, assuming Oregon stays on the path that they're on. And Tennessee's been dominant in nearly every game they've played. I mean, yes, the winningest Alabama was close and they got blown out by Georgia. But other than that, they, they've been right at the top every single game. I mean, it's – I still I, – I think they've got a, a pretty good case still, in my opinion. They just – they need to – they need to blow the doors off Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. Like, they've got to leave no doubt and saying, hey, that was a one-game thing against oh, – that's them. a real tough slate they got there. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> it would hurt them if they come out and just played sloppy against Missouri. Yeah. Like you've got to get up and say, "Hey, let's get to eleven and one, and then we'll let's let's let everything else fall in place." Because um, we'll we'll talk playoff picture at the end. But that's my Tennessee takeaway. But another top four team lost Saturday, and it, it was gross. Clemson mm-hmm. looked in, in that game. Um, Notre Dame blocked a punt at the start of the game, took it back. They also had a pick six. I don't know how deep I want to go into this just because it was so bad. I, I don't want this to seem like I'm hating on Notre Dame. I did not come away thinking this was Marcus Freeman turned the corner. He beat a top four team. He's got things going in the right direction. I, I still don't think Notre Dame's that good. I, I just don't. They, they they are a game script team. Is Everything has to fall their way for them to play the way they want to play. 
You get and not only that, they don't have the personnel to beat Clemson on any given Saturday. You know what I'm saying? Like it's their defense is pretty good, but it's not top five in the country. It's yeah. not like this isn't an elite Notre Dame unit that's just crawling with NFL talent. They've got a couple yeah. of good players. It, it's good. It's and again, I'm not hating on it. Like they got the win. They they, they deserved it, but yeah. they lost to a horrible horrible Marshall team and a, a Stanford is. They're worse than horrible. Stanford's terrible. Like they're yeah. just—they're really bad. Not saying that Notre Dame hadn't incrementally improved, but um, and then I'll—I'll I'll take it back to Clemson. I, I think, like you're saying with Alabama cleaning house, Dabo's got to clean house on the offensive side. Oh yeah. But whatever. Yeah. I th- this was my biggest doubt about Clemson heading into the season, and before the season, this was actually a game I picked them to lose. Now I didn't think I before. You know, in our uh, preview pod, I picked Clemson. But before the season, this was a game I had circled. And one of the reasons I didn't like Clemson was because they had a terrible offense last year. They have a chance to go get coordinators. And what do they do? They just promote from within. Yeah. They, they just promote from within. And the the quarterback coach that coached DJ in his worst season in college, he's the OC now. Like, that makes no sense. C.J. Spiller has never coached anywhere before. He's the running backs coach. Like, I don't understand this coaching staff he has on the offensive side of the ball. And it's this I'll, – I'll say this. It would take a crazy scenario, and it, there's only like a 1% chance for happening. And Clemson is not totally dead. Again, it, it's – No, I mean, there's still, what, one loss? Yeah, it would take TCU one loss ACC a couple times and the Pac-12 eating themselves up for Clemson to really get back in it. There'd have to be some chaos, don't get me wrong. Yeah. They're not totally dead. I think I've seen, just seen people say, well, I crossed Clemson out. Yeah, in all likelihood, probably a one-loss Clemson team, if, if like TCU's undefeated or the Pac-12 has a one-loss champ, they have a better resume. But there there, there are some outside shots. But, like, yeah. Clemson, if they play this way, Louisville could beat them Saturday. I don't know that they will, but, like, if, yeah. if they keep screwing around, like, Clemson has had three convincing wins, and two of them were against Furman and Louisiana Tech. And the other yeah. one was Georgia Tech with Jeff Collins, which is basically a group of five teams. So, yeah. You know, I'm just not impressed with Clemson. It just – it amazes me that DJ is just this bad. I mean, this kid was coming out of high school neck and neck with Bryce Young. Do you remember that? Yeah, like, and that's what's I don't crazy know how me. good he is, and I don't want to – like, I know I've talked a lot here, but, like, I think some of it is the system. I, I'm not going to blame it all on DJ. I think I think he needs to transfer after this year. I, and I, if I'm Klubnik, if if Dabo keeps this staff, I'm considering going elsewhere because this staff has ruined quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they got a, another five star quarterback coming in, and this next yeah, cycle, I'm pretty sure he's he's legit. But like, they've got to do something from that offensive staff. Yeah, and that's and that's one of the biggest drawbacks from the off season I saw this year was. Dabo just promoting from within, like just keeping it in-house. That's not the way college football works anymore. You can't do that. You got to go out and get the guys. I mean, look at all the past national champions we've had in the last couple of years. They've A lot of them have gone out and just gotten dudes. Like LSU went out and got Joe Brady. I mean, Alabama's gone out and gotten Sarkeesian. I mean, Georgia went out and got Todd Munkin. You got to go out and find a dude. You know what I'm saying? Davo wants to stick to his way, but the game is surpassing his thought process at this point. Like, you can't do that anymore. 
especially when you don't have the Justin Ross and the T Higgins you had the stable of running backs you've had in the past, Amari Rogers, all those guys, you don't have that anymore. Clearly you don't have a Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence caliber quarterback anymore. So what do you do? I mean, DJ looks like Kelly Bryant at this freaking point. Like it's bad. Well, the, the development Kelly him to the playoff. Exactly. And, DJ, for him to look this bad, especially at the hype that came out of high school, I can't totally put that on the kid. He hasn't developed since his senior year of high school. That's that's exactly what I see. He just hasn't developed, and yeah. I don't, I don't know what you do with that. And we're saying you, you can't promote from within. Like I, 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 I didn't like Dabo doing it, but I will. You know, as a two-time national championship winning coach. You get a mulligan, you get a benefit of the doubt saying, hey, if, if you really think this is right, go for it. But if it's not right, then, you know, this this is how you mess up. Because Clemson had like a mini dynasty going there, you know, and it's – because like for four or five years, Clemson and Alabama were the two dominant teams in the sport. They're out of playoff race now. And I, a lot of it has to do with some of the coaching staff. And I'm not even – like Clemson has the ability to go out and pay guys to come in. It doesn't even have to be just a big name. Like, just get somebody that does something different. Just it's time to do something different. And the the like, we'll talk about a recently fired coach. Like, I I don't know if a lot of y'all saw Jeff Scott fired from USF yesterday. Former offensive coordinator at Clemson. It would be the most dabo thing in the world to bring him back as OC. I that I was just thinking that today. That would be the most dabo Sweeney thing I think I've ever seen. And, <laughs> They got Louisville, Miami, and South Carolina games on paper. They should win and win comfortably, but I don't know. And then you know, it's almost they are they, they clinched the Atlantic Division with Syracuse losing on uh, Saturday, and North Carolina. I think they got Wake Forest on Saturday to to firmly clinch it. But I was about to say, what like what are the odds of North Carolina and Clubs in play right now? Like the betting odds. Like what, what would you what would you say that score prediction would be right now? Just, you know, prisoner of the moment, I would pick North Carolina because of how bad Clemson looked. But, like, on a new, like, because it'll be a neutral field, the betting odds will have Clemson maybe by 10. Like, it, yeah. like North Carolina's a dog this week to Wake Forest. I mean, yeah. That, that's just, it speaks to the North Carolina defense. So we'll, we'll see that. But um, we'll go a little rapid fire here. We'll start in the ACC. Um, Florida State looked really good. Miami is just, Hey, go Noles, baby. The Mike Norvell train keeps pushing. Um, Syracuse and Pitt played in the grossest game of the weekend. Um, you got any big ACC thoughts? I mean, like we we hit on Georgia Tech and Clemson winning. Florida State looked really good. NC State winning. A NC battle State of the that was impressive. I yeah, mean, yeah, that, that was Dave Doran's NC, a football coach, man. NC State was my preseason playoff pick to come out of the ACC. They have looked abysmal this year, and somehow they managed to beat Wake Forest. The one weekend, I don't think they can do it. They do it. I mean, God, freaking Lee. I mean, good for them, though. I, I, like, I'm happy to see them have that success, but uh, I just I just wish we could have seen NC State live up to the potential we thought they had. North Carolina squeaked by Virginia, playing the same way North Carolina does every week. Drake May is awesome. Defense bad. Um, yeah. That's pretty much it for the ACC. Big Ten – Man, Ohio. We didn't really hit on Ohio State. They, the weather was terrible. I will preface it by that, but they they did not look great Saturday. I mean, Northwestern's 
horrendous. Like, I mean, there's a reason Ohio State's a 40-point favorite heading into that game. Northwestern's, I think, the worst power five team in the country, maybe by a decent margin. But um, he had Michigan screwing around with Rutgers, and they finally pulled away. And Blake Corum's awesome. I, I think he's – we we talked we when we were talking Heisman earlier we really didn't bring him up I I think he's kind of creeping up on people too like his yeah. his odds in Vegas are pretty good actually so um he, he's hey, go go so, Spartans baby finally got a win yeah, pulling the upset against Illinois <laughs> you know that was a that was something and then what did did you see Iowa nearly shutting out Purdue yeah it was like twenty four to three wasn't it yeah but, you know, I, I will. They're, they're not scoring 30 points, but you're not scoring much on them. So, um, I was gonna say, I, I wouldn't have guessed they would have scored 24 points. I'm being honest with you. <laughs> and Iowa, Wisconsin this week is gonna be, uh, ooh, 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 buddy. Um, I mean, I don't have any more. You got anything else from the Big Ten, really? Um, nah, I mean, Penn State got a really good win against Indiana. I mean, I'm glad to see uh, they pulled that out, but you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess Drew then, was, two touchdowns in that game, by the way. Oh, wow, good for him! Yeah, he yeah, and then Maryland losing to Wisconsin that the way they uh, lost was kind yeah. of surprising me because I've kind of me and you both like Maryland coming in the year, it's just like a, a good bowl team that could give some people some trouble, but yeah. Wisconsin's looked – they've looked pretty decent under Jim Leonard. I mean, yeah. they had the – I don't remember who they lost to, but um, they, they've looked better. I think they're five and four now. Um, Illinois, Purdue, if Illinois wins that, they more or less have the Big Ten West wrapped up, even if they lose to Michigan because their last game of the year is against Northwestern, and Northwestern won't score on Illinois. So, Big 12, TCU pulling out another – it was – they wound up winning, I think, by 17. But it was like 17-13, Texas Tech heading into that fourth quarter. And Texas Tech's yeah. a pain to play each week, but they got that done. Texas, they man, they looked like they were going to house Kansas State at the beginning. They got up, I think, 34-10 or 31-10 at the half and only won 30-27. So, B. John Robinson was a just a monster. He, he's a still. I was man. a little surprised that they played Adrian Martinez over Will Howard, but, you know, to each their own. He played pretty well, but the yeah. – the, 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 Nebraska Adrian Martinez showed up fumbling is on the last possession of the game. So, um, Kansas, Kansas, we have not mentioned best Kansas. bowl win team of the weekend, baby. bowl team, baby. The Jayhawks are going to go to a bowl game for the first time since 2008. Yeah, 2008. Man, Lance Leipold, man, what a job this the, the the we we've talked about Kansas a ton and deserving. Do you think he stays after this year? Maybe like it because right now I, I think Jim Leonard probably gets hired at Wisconsin. If it just depends if, if he wants to leave, if Nebraska really pushes for him. Because yeah. the thing is, we hadn't really heard coaching rumors or anything, but we're it's pretty been pretty quiet. Like, um, yeah, we'll have a we'll have a whole after this season, we'll, we'll be talking coaching stuff. But, um, that was really Baylor beating Oklahoma. Yeah, that's really newsworthy. Baylor, that, that was actually a fun game. I caught a little bit of it in the second half. Now that was a, it was a fun game to watch. But uh, I don't have anything else from Big Twelve. Do you? Uh, I've I've said it once and I'll say it again. TCU, good teams find a way to win games. TCU pulled it out. They look good, man. Yeah. I mean, I really like their playoff chances at this point. They're a touchdown dog this week too. Mm. Really? Yeah, they're 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 a seven point underdog to Texas. That would be tough. And also, shame on College Game Day for going to Texas instead of Tulane. Shame on you. You had a chance to go to I Tulane. Agree. A big matchup for Tulane and UCF. You've never been to Tulane. You've already been to Texas this year. 
Yeah. Go to Tulane. Go to Tulane. I agree. Shout out Willie Fritz. But um, go to Pac the Pac twelve. Oregon's up in the air, dude. Oh yeah, it, Oregon and UCLA rolled this week. Um, Bo Nix, I, I still cannot comprehend. It. Like how I compare the Bo Nix situation is like we don't do NFL much on here. Geno Smith balling out in Seattle, like that's what I compare this to. Like it's just a it's random season. You know what I'm saying? Like who would have like thought? They're playing pretty good, but it's just because, like, Bo Nix is balling right now. Bo Nix is – it's like Geno Smith is a top-five MVP candidate, in my opinion. Um, it's just coming out of nowhere after you've seen them not be that good for a while. Yeah. Just crazy to think of. Um, USC, Caleb Williams is Superman. Like, he – we were talking before the show, Jordan Addison out, Mario Williams out. It, it doesn't matter. Like, he's thrown one interception all year. I think if he – the three-game stretch with UCLA, Notre Dame, and if they play Oregon in the Pac-12 title game, it's going to be huge. If if he really balls out there and leads USC to the playoff, Heisman yeah. probably. Like, that's what you're probably looking at. Um, Utah whooped Arizona. I mean, Utah's still in this thing. Like, I'm, they're not in the playoff hunt, but they're still in this Pac-12 thing. Well, let me, let me ask you this real quick. I was just looking at it. What if Utah beats Oregon and UCLA beats USC? What what happens with that? It's Utah UCLA Pac twelve time game. I'm, Is I'm it though? Well, no, because that'd be a Oregon, Oregon rematch. But USC would have two losses too. But Oregon would only have one Pac twelve loss. Ah, yeah. Their yeah, losses yeah At least that you know, just playing out in my head, like it would be a Utah Oregon rematch. And that would that's worst case scenario, or that's best case scenario for like Clemson and other them. But for yeah. if the Pac 12 wants a playoff team, they don't want two two off teams playing in the championship game. Yeah. Um, SEC, um, we've only got a couple minutes left here, but uh, Kentucky and Missouri played after Pitt and Syracuse. That was the grossest game of the day. That was ugh. And um, good win by Florida. I, Anthony yeah. Richardson's best yeah, game this season, one. in my opinion. AM's going to miss the bowl probably. Yeah, it doesn't look good. Like they they got to win out against Auburn, UMass, and LSU. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of talk this offseason about Jimbo. That it's going to get interesting. Very You're quickly. a sick individual if you watch Auburn and Texas A&M this weekend. Um, <laughs> but after that, so before we get out of here, we we've just got like a, a just a just a little bit. Um, what's your top four prediction? For, for uh, not what you think it should be. What what do you think the committee does? Rapid fire. Give me Alabama or no Alabama. Sorry, Alabama. that's out of habit. Where are you going? Uh, <laughs> Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, TCU. Well, I, I think Georgia, I think Michigan, State, Michigan jumps Michigan. them for this, for this week. I think Michigan actually jumps Ohio State this week just because of the they were a little bit more impressive and. Yeah, I think Tennessee falls to five. Yeah, I agree. They I, won't I, fall I, far. Where does is LSU at six? I wouldn't put LSU over Oregon right now. So Oregon at six. Yeah. Okay. Well, that'll do it for us. Um, we're gonna have our preview this week. Um, be sure to tune in. Go check out all the Georgia Tech content over at allyellowjackets.com. Be sure to follow both of us on social media. Um, like and subscribe to the podcast. We love doing this for y'all. I'm Jackson Caldwell. That is Toby Reed. Here at